Hey there, fellow conductors of the Metaphysical Examination, and welcome to the crossover for the week of September 18th, 2017. We've got a fun one coming up for you. We're going to be talking about that, that video that everybody's got everybody all abuzz. Is Ghostbusters a movie about nothing? Yes, Chris and I will debate that here on the show. We'll also talk about the Ectomobile Owner's Workshop Manual coming from Inside Editions. Also, apologies for my voice in this particular episode. It's the first time in a long time we've had some technical difficulties, so I sound like I'm in a tin can. Toys.net presents the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. Don't look at me. I think these people are completely nuts. Woo! Drink in. Tequila, Dr. Pepper. Tequila I'm okay Tequila and Dr. Now. Pepper. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I want to call it a Dr. Venkman. <laughs> but I feel like I've used that one before. Uh, I feel like I feel like you have used that one before. Because there was some other drink that I was going to go for that, and then I said the alternate was uh, a Dodge and Hustle. Yes, I do recall this. This, this is why we need the book because then I could go and I yeah. could reference the book and be like, "Nah, sorry, you've already used it." I really that think one. I'm going to do it. Actually, what I really think I'm going to do is I'm going to like, I don't know, fifty bucks. I'll just have some some listener apply. Whoever wants it, I will give them fifty bucks. Just fifty bucks to go listen through the old ones and uh, make a list. Make a list. Pull out the names and the ingredients. And then uh, send it to me. Isn't that that's kind of like you're you're putting a bounty. That's like a bounty hunt. I guess. Well, no, F- it's for fifty dollars to the one who brings me all the names. <laughs> no, see, that's when I make them fight for it, and that's evil. Fifty bucks to the person who can bring it to me first. That's bullshit because that means a whole bunch of people. <laughs> or it's a non-starter because a bunch of people go, "Well, somebody's probably ahead of me. Yeah. I won't even bother." I won't do it. Well, what if I do it? Do I get the fifty bucks? I will pay you the fifty bucks if you want right. to do it. <laughs> I, I would know. I'll do could that. Could use the fifty bucks. Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I I could probably scrounge up fifty bucks, and I I would pay that just not to have to go back and try to sort out <laughs> what was where. Not that I don't want to go back and listen to ourselves, but holy cow, dude, we're so far along now, and I don't remember what episodes it is, and it's not always at the beginning. It was often yeah. at the beginning, but not always but not at the beginning. Always. I mean, we're 120 episodes in here. It's a lot of minutes. So, it's going to take you a little I, bit of time. I kind of want to. I kind of want to do it though, because I, I was looking around. I want to. Um, I found other Ghostbusters-inspired drinks that restaurants and all that have up and stuff like that. So I thought that between that and maybe a couple of the fan franchise. Uh, virgin and non-virgin ecto-cooler replacements and stuff like that. Plus the any crap I came up with. Maybe a few more for good measure. Yeah. I might make a little book out a little of it. cocktail I could book. Do that. Yeah. yeah. I'd be down. I'd want that. Yeah. I think I could do that. Uh, oh. Well, you could take it the extra mile and do like an app. It could be a <laughs> little mix, mixology app that you could, uh, you know, 99 cents in the app store or something. I'm like sorry, that. you're breaking up. All I heard was extra work. <laughs> Hello? Could you, Hello? Could you say that, could you say <laughs> that again? Dead. It sounded like you had an idea and then you broke up and it sounded mm. like you said I app. I hate it when that happens. 
anyway, uh, <laughs> explain explain to me how people got angry with you about making the it Ghostbusters thing. Scotchy, scotch, scotch. <laughs> what? what? Get into my belly. What? What um, happened with the? So you you posted the photo of uh, you know everybody's doing the it meme. Uh, you know, hey kid, come under here into the sewer oh, or whatever. And it's the fan pedantry. Which is fun if you make it fun. But not fun if you make it not fun. But fun if you just... Ugh. So, it's... <laughs> they didn't get mad at me, and I tried not to get too uh, okay. mad at them, because it, right. it was... It was in good fun. But it was real cold water on a... Uh, you know, it was real... Um, uh, how shall we put it? Uh, relieving yourself in the morning cornflakes sort of thing that... Some people immediately went, "Ah, oh, but he's not a ghost. He's an alien," and it followed by somebody said, "But he's not a ghost. He's from somewhere else. He's from another dimension." I'm like, "He's extra, yeah. He's extra dimensional, like, right?" Yeah. I'm, I'm, sit- I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm like, "Yes, please explain to me your 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 science fiction explanation about the science fiction thing that I did wrong." <laughs> like, it's, I'm like, "What?" <laughs> At a certain point, it just got annoying because I'm like. Um, for for starters, the people were like, "That wouldn't do nothing to him. He's from another dimension, and he feeds on your fear, and you have to control your fear in order to take him down." I said, "You just described the Boogeyman episode of Real Ghostbusters." Okay, I'm not afraid? Yeah, <laughs> to to a T. <laughs> Crazy, uh, uh, cartoon like nightmare version of something that's supposed to be vaguely kiddish. Like uh, cartoonishy from another dimension that feeds on the fear of children, and and yes, and uh, only by I've controlling their one. fear. They, it's like I, uh. and then at the same time, somebody was like, "It's not a ghost. The proton packs wouldn't affect them." I'm like, "It is a lightning gun." Like, <sighs> yeah. I was like, I was like, uh, okay. For example, for starters, you haven't really gone down the the the, the crazy uh, science fiction fantasy uh, rabbit hole that is why does the proton pack work on a ghost which is just a, a charge thing Ooh, i know i know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that how would you know by the way uh but then i just simply point to people to the the ballroom scene where egon's stray shot at slimer cuts a hole out of mahogany so i'm kind of like mm. yeah <laughs> if, it, if it wasn't for the fact that it's too much explaining to set up the joke like it's such a bad line in its own right that even just trying to explain it to people who might not remember it wasn't but all i could think of is every time somebody said that was the uh halle berry as storm do you know what lightning does to a frog when it hits it? <laughs> Same thing as everything else. I'm like, that's ridiculous. But her point is right. Lightning is lightning is lightning. Yeah, it doesn't matter uh, what dimension you're from. But then in the end, I was like, there's no further argument about whether or not the Ghostbusters would fight Pennywise. Cause, and I went to my old favorite, uh, the uh, the No Bozo sticker that Venkman has the side right, of his, uh, right. his heart helmet in Ghostbusters 2. See, that's... I, did we talk about this before and like we were going to try and talk to a set dresser or something? Because Bozo shows up at least twice in Ghostbusters 2. And there's a suspicion that if it shows up twice, it might be there somewhere else too. Right? For some, I mean, maybe that's like an in-joke, you know, Bo yeah, Welch, obviously. the production it's, designer. Yeah. Maybe that's something that he hides in all of his sets or something. Or oh. I, don't, I don't know. But Oh, great. Well, now we got to go watch a whole bunch of Bo Welch movies. Uh uh, I mean, that's not that's not too tall of an order. He does a lot of good no. stuff. Uh, 
but uh, that that was kind of that was my 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 finish to the debate was look he doesn't like clowns of course they'd fight him done <laughs> can we, no can we, yeah. that said i am well a i haven't seen the movie and i'm hearing nine to one in favor of basically from yeah, it's the, been, the it's static been of facebook i still haven't yeah. seen it either yet uh but most yeah. people uh, uh that i am friends with seem to like it and a few hate it um and not that i distrust them or do not love them any less but i find that when people hate movies they i i often do not for this for similar like <laughs> just not the same reasoning i'm like and i hate movies that that, that uh, a lot of people really love sort of things so i'm like yeah. uh. so i have a lot of people go ah, it's fine i'm like well at least it'll be it should be okay and then um uh because of that like i didn't realize how mad the world had gone for uh this the, the movie that uh spoof of the the poster that i did that thing's up to like eighty thousand, a reach of eighty thousand people, and what? The, yeah. Oh my god! By last check, it had. Okay, here, let's just do it now. This is on the the proton charging Facebook. The Facebook, yep. So, and it was crazy because I put it up as a as a joke. I was like, I had the thought, and I I, I will be the first to tell people it's not an original one, like because there's a couple other good ones, like. Somebody had a shot from the original miniseries It. Yeah. Yeah. Of 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 uh Tim Curry's Penny Wise when he's looking up out of the grate and then somebody photoshopped like he's like, you know, we all float down here and then they found some other alternate freeze frame where he's got this weird look on his face and they used that one to photoshop a trap. <laughs> Like right in front of his face on the grate, like the joke is that's there, right? Like it's, yeah, I'm like, I don't, good. I will not claim that I'm the first one at the door at all. It's just I had, mine was, uh, I had could see in my head the very simple idea of the poster, I, and that's what triggered it. It's the poster of Pennywise handing the Georgie the balloon, and I was like, and if you just pulled the camera back <laughs> ten feet, um, so that I did that one, and I posted it, uh. It was like it was like a ten minute job. It really is Photoshop, and then I posted it and left. And crazy enough, by the time I got home, I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is blew up." I mean, you can never predict that kind of stuff. Like, no, ever. Yeah. Well, this is why it's. I have a friend that works in advertising. People come to them all the time. We want we want something to go viral. <laughs> we like, want it viral. Okay, well, um, a reach of eighty thousand six hundred forty three. Wow, uh, it has. Uh, 828 likes, 80 comments, and has been shared 615 times. Jeez, well, that's why. It's your grassroots sharing there that's happening. Yep. So huh. so there you go. It's, oh, my uh, God. All right, well. Th- those happen every once in a while. You cannot predict them. And uh, Why don't uh, throw yeah. throw a little ad in there for the Haynes Ectomobile manual? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding i don't need to because the push is on it's happening it's happening yeah we'll get to that yeah. we'll get to that uh in due time here but yeah i thought that was pretty funny because you you went into a hmm. you did a photographic uh explanation like well why do i think the proton pack would work on pennywise and then you showed your your photographic evidence and you rested your case and i thought it was a very well thought out argument and Wait, what uh, but did I, I do? But I didn't know. I didn't know what the argument was on on proton charging. Wasn't that you that that posted the no bozos uh, 
Logo yeah, I posted, I posted the no bozos thing. I just wasn't sure about the proton pack thing. Oh, I, oh I mean, yeah. Some, somebody you, had, I, cause I was filling in the gaps here. I was like, well, why is he defending? Yeah, I thought it was funny. I, I saw it and you know, I'm, I'm one of the <laughs> 600 some likes there. Uh, but you jumped into defense and I was like, what? Oh, all right. Somebody called him out for something probably. Yeah. I wouldn't call it calling out. I wouldn't say I was really that defensive. I, it was just, it was one of those where it's like, come on, it's just a party. Lighten up and have a drink sort of thing. Um, Hey, lighten up. I know. Hey, uh, John Yurkaba had a big long post in there where he talked about, talked about maybe you're conflating a couple of things together i don't know oh, maybe that's it yeah could be i don't, I don't th- the internet is is so much of a blur ah. lately that oh, oh. Ah. Hey, what you know how you get headaches when the barometric pressure changes <laughs> i've started i've started getting a sinus headache when michael tanaka starts writing me an email <laughs> um, <laughs> we're gonna get another one from him on this you just know it well, yeah. <laughs> Actually, the, this the Pennywise is, this... is not extra dimensional, and I flubbed up back there. I know that. I'm <laughs> sorry, Michael. I'm sorry. Here's the thing, because this is why I just could not really get too worked up over. I was. It was enough that I wanted to point out. Look, the premise is the Ghostbusters will fight the paranormal. That's it. That's all. Pennywise is, you know, definitely paranormal, and they'll they'll fight it. That's it. Yeah. So when, and so when every time somebody kind of went, I was kind of like, well, come on, hey, you know. I mean, um, yeah, but um, uh, but yeah, at the same time, uh, people were coming at it from different angles. Uh, some people were like, I read the book, and the book kind of handles the creature differently i'm like fair enough and other people were like i think a few people were commenting and they'd only seen the original miniseries uh, and i know yeah that one is oh so very 80s i guess it was very late 80s wasn't it but it was very 80s in that a um clown 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 buggy monster what Ooh, okay um whereas i'm sure this one is a little this one seemed a little bit more subtle and a little bit more Lovecraftian, right? That's, a, that's yeah. an overused term, but this concept of it's not really kind of physical. It kind of operates in ways that don't make sense in our physical plane of reality. But same thing, right? I'm like, but the Ghostbusters go deal with weird stuff. That's that's just it. That's a, it's it's that simple. So yeah, yeah. all in good and, fun. And at the end of the day, I'm like, I I'm not saying they could. Somebody else was like, they totally couldn't capture it. I was like, I don't even think you. I don't think you capture it either. Who said anything about capturing it? Remember that time they captured Stay Puff? No. <laughs> well, um, remember that time that they became the Crime Busters? Um, I mean, yeah, exactly. which I mean, we're going to get to. We got a really great voicemail. We're going to come back to that. Uh, but, okay. Uh, you know. So uh, I got. I just all I know now is I got to go. I got to go. I gotta go see the movie now. Uh, I might, so do it's, I. Yeah. it's been held over at the local drive-in, and I'm kind of tempted oh, to go see. Oh, such a that good drive-in be, movie. That might, might might be the one to before the season ends. Yeah, go see that one. Go do it, especially now that it's uh, we're getting closer to Halloween. That's a, that's a good drive-in, man. <laughs> oh do yeah, that. yeah. Mm. Oh baby, all right. Oh baby. <laughs> We gotta calm down. We gotta splash some water in here. All right, so I let's gotta have another drink of Dr Pepper <laughs> and Patron. Mm. There it is. There it is. All right, let's do some news. Hey guys, Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here. If you want to turn your head, multiplanar curly and emanation. Yeah, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. 
All right. So, Dragon Con finished. Uh, San Diego yes. Comic Con finished. Finished. Uh, Wonder New York Con. Comic Con New about York to Co- happen. Yeah, exactly. New York Comic Wait, Con is, on the horizon. Is it this weekend? No, no, no. Coming up in October, if I recall correctly. But but we do, we do know that it's going to become. I don't. It's it's sort of like the East Coast San Diego Comic Con now. I know that there's a lot of announcements that happen out there. All the actors go out there. It's become a really big, really big to do item. And the reason that I notice noticed this is because uh, Inside Editions is ramping up their coverage of things. Things that will be perhaps shown off at uh, the Inside Editions booth. Things that perhaps will be on sale around the same time in October, around the Halloween season. Perhaps, maybe, just in time for Perhaps, maybe, yes. Um, (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, yes, the uh, Haynes Ghostbusters Ectomobile Owner's Workshop Manual. Uh, No, I haven't come up with a better acronym for it yet. We're just calling it the manual, Uh, but (laughs) it's uh, it's coming. It's uh, there are a few preview pages that have been posted up there. I know Ghostbusters News and and Jason and those guys got a few pages and uh, the the good folks at Sci-Fi Wire. Siffy wire. I can't. I can't see it anymore. And not think Siffy. Yeah. um, Uh, Proton charging will have some shortly as well. Oh really? Oh well, this is excellent news. I got I got a message just today. So the, uh, the push is happening. This is so this if this is this is in the indication as to how much the author is kept out of the dark. I didn't know that anybody was getting pages. That's awesome. I'm glad you got pages. I'm glad Haynes got pages. It yeah, makes only, total sense. <clears throat> I just found out today. I got a very very nice uh, DM on Twitter going, "Are you familiar with this book and would you like to preview it?" And I was like, "No, tell me more about this book I've never heard of." No. <laughs> Go on. Go on. Uh, let me ask you a question. Did they do galley copies? Uh, you know, they didn't. And that's that's a very strange thing. Um, it's very strange. And, and you know what? I I mean, on the one hand, immediately the corporate brain clicks on and I'm like, don't put it out there. It'll get out into the wild. But I thought a really f- funny promo thing to do would have been at the galley uh, copy stage rather than do it. I know galley copy. No, actually, some galley copies are not final cover or print format. Yeah, sometimes so, they're just a, a temp cover or even yeah, a blank cover. Yeah. So instead of the 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 square bound uh, that they're doing, and I believe this is square bound, or is it hardcover? Uh, I believe so. The, the, I haven't seen the actual final hardcover, so it's. I think it's maybe it is a hardcover. But okay, it is. It is but, a hardcover. Yes, but but what you do is you do the you do it on like the the lower grade newsprint with the with the magazine style cover, just like the reference Hanes that go to so they can garages get all beat like, up and yeah. yeah and send those out to all the uh, teams that actually have an ecto <laughs> oh my god i mean that that was my goal is i was hoping that every ecto out there is going to have one of these in the glove box i know uh, right but uh yeah that's a great idea so i i mean i know that they were talking about sending out some preview copies and maybe uh you know as as you're now in the know uh with with the people they're going to be sending you one and maybe uh ghostbusters news they, will get one but i think they probably will but yeah, i think it's still it's very probably just gonna be the final version we're at this point it must be the final version because it, it comes yeah. out in like six weeks so it's got to be sitting in boxes at this point otherwise I, it's too late yeah right? i would like, hope uh, so it's it's been on the production run. i mean we finished the book mm, months ago at this point so yeah uh you know 
I, I would be surprised if all of the books were not just sitting in a warehouse somewhere. But anyway, so uh, if you haven't seen now, them, Sci-Fi Wire's got a few of the cross sections up there for the Ecto, the Ecto One, right. the Ecto One A, and then the reboot Ecto. Um, just sort of like the top surface level cross sections. They do get a lot more detailed and down to the the finer grain uh, nitty gritty. But uh, yeah, it's it's cool to see it out there, and it's cool to see people responding to it. Yeah, well, uh, the day has come. Uh, the nitty will meet the gritty. <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> the The tids will uh, meet the bits, uh, um, and the, and the nits will pick. So this is, I'm I'm just waiting. I know I know of. T- uh, I'll put this out there. I know of two things right now that somehow eked by, but uh, I I won't tell you what they are. I won't tell anybody what they are. I will take them to my grave if nobody finds them. Um, but I'll yeah, up the I'm empty. sure they I, will. I know of five things that you completely made up, and I'm not going to tell people what they know. <laughs> five things? Why limit it just to five things? I made a lot of stuff up. I think the whole book is made up, honestly. Um, no, I mean, it's it's the result of, uh, and I won't give you guys the whole sales pitch here, but it, it's you know a lot of theoretical research, a whole lot of well, this works in this way. What if this part worked in the same way kind of thing? And uh, it was it was a lot of fun to kind of reverse engineer things and figure yeah. out, like, uh, why would there be a marine sona buoy on top of this car? What what would they use that for? What purpose would it serve? Um, can, I, so. can I ask a question? Did you Would it be fair to say that um, when doing this, and this is filling in the blanks, and, I mean, I've worked in other people's IPs, and have had to do the same thing. You're often sometimes stuck with, you know, some kernels or grains and crumbs. Oh, sure, and you, kinda, yeah. you kind of have to build out from it in a logical fashion. Was this a lot like when, like the fan, uh, the uh, what do you want to call it here? The oh, what's that AI term? The genetic learning or whatever. The uh, the evolution of the plans in that if they ran into a gray area or maybe two conflicting pieces of information. Like a like kind of a a logical uh, compromise was reached, and and it, like, did you do a lot of that? Did you find places where it was like, that's a little fuzzy, that's a little fuzzy, and they're <laughs> kind of stepping on each other's toes? So I will let's just say, quote unquote, officially, it means this. Yes, yes, there were a couple instances like that. Um, I mean, and and nothing that I can think of specifically at the moment, but there are a lot of like the, what was really interesting was finding that like not a lot existed about this equipment. I mean, you watch real ghostbusters and of course, you know, that becomes a claw and that becomes a fold out chair and that becomes a oh, yeah, it's gyrocopter complete, and uh, it's a complete cartoon deus ex machina. Yeah. So. Yeah. But then when you actually look at it and even uh, speaking of Mr. Michael Tanaka, I hit him up and I was like, Michael, has anybody ever really said what the sniffer does? Like I know, it looks like a sniffer. It looks like it inhales. It looks like a nose. It looks like it inhales or has some sort of air quality, just a sensor or something that it would be sniffing. But then like in that deleted scene, it kind of turns and it's used as eyeballs. Like that doesn't, how, how are you going to explain that? Like why, (laughs) if the cop is writing a ticket, why is that turning toward him? Is it sniffing him out? It doesn't make any sense. So there were a few things like that where we kind of had to disregard 
you know, like, right. okay, it's a deleted scene. Let's pretend like that didn't exist. Um, and just, just definitively say that this is what it does. And it's part of the PKE detection array. And, you know, it's, it's part of a twofold thing that uses the Marine Rado Montana and like kind of putting those things together, even though we all know that there's that deleted scene where it turns and kind of follows the cop and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So, um, and then, then there were examples like, I mean, I'll be honest, guys, I will come out and tell you all right now here on the air, I wanted to definitively say what the hose on the uniforms does, the yellow catheter looking hose that everybody has joked about that, well, sometimes when you got to pee, you got to pee. Um, and I was like, you know what? I, I, I was talking with Eric and I was like, Eric, should we like say what this does? And he goes, nah, we should still keep that vague. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so the, the plug right. in the hose that's on the uniform, uh, we, that was one of those things where I was like, we can point it out, we can say what it is, but you know, maybe we'll, gotcha. we'll, we'll leave that for somebody else. All right. uh, Mr. Benjamin, Chris Stewart, Proton Charging, follow-up question. <laughs> when your book comes out, do I get to interview? Can I be the first oh my, interview? Yeah, let's do that. All right. That sounds like a fun idea. That only took two years and a few hundred pod <laughs> podcasts to get the jump on that one you Woo. interviewing me oh all right i like it yeah we'll we'll do that i think that's going to yeah. be the easiest it's it's tough to cover something on a news program when obviously i'm very biased and so i don't want to give it too much attention and or draw too much of a light on it uh, but at the same time i do because i'm very proud of it yeah and uh so that's that's probably a good way to do it if so if you, you interview so me. you should yeah let's yeah. do it that way so, um, so check that out. Pre-orders are still going on now. Um, if you live in the UK, you can pre-order it through Hanes proper, which is, is very fun as oh. well. So right there amid all of the, uh, you know, 1969 Chevys and, and all of these classic cars, you can also buy, uh, the Ectomobile manual. Very cool there. So, uh, check it out. We'll certainly talk about it more closer to October. We'll do, we'll do the Chris interviews, Troy. This will be like the Frost Nixon interview here. Chris will grow in. <laughs> Let's see what happens. But uh, yeah, so stay tuned on that front. Um, let's talk pinball, Chris, because there was a lot of pinball stuff. Uh, I saw that you might be purchasing an Xbox One because of the pinball news. <laughs> or oh, have well, you already? No, no. It's a pretty oh, okay. good, pretty, it, it might be the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, God, my 360 is getting long in the tooth. Um, first 360 red ringed on me Ooh. a year into ownership what uh, that's horrible yeah well well the warranty covered it like the, the, it was at the time when the red ring was a, a real issue right like yeah. notice there hasn't nobody like in the 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 final years you know five years or whatever the 360 you ever hear about red rings not really no it no. was just whatever that generation was something was just done wrong and they they corrected it so i was able to uh send it off uh and they sent me a new one and that one i still have but um <laughs> it's now reached the point where sometimes when I put a DVD in, the sound won't play uh, and I have to reboot the whole system. And sometimes the door to the drive doesn't want to open for me. <laughs> these are, these are really big problems. You kind of need are both of these things. Problems. Um, <laughs> so I think I may want to take a little bit of the workload off of it. Cause I still got some games that aren't backwards compatible that I do want to finish. So I think I want to keep that system alive as long as I can. Yeah. And I've been humming and hawing. Um, then the 
the Ghostbusters the video game backwards compatible on the Finally, Xbox yeah. One. So yeah. I'm like, that's a pretty good argument. And then yeah, now this that uh, I <laughs> it's simple. Do I want to spend three or four hundred dollars or whatever the price points at these days? Since I didn't jump on it uh, square one, yeah, it's like two ninety nine. Yeah. Or uh, do I want to spend that? Or do I want to spend 10 times that and buy the actual <laughs> pinball machine? I mean, you have the house now and you've got the secret studio. <laughs> That's, right. Uh, That's right. Now that now is a clincher. Does the Stern uh, cabinet uh, play Netflix? It does not. Ooh. So, Well, not that we're aware. Maybe in a <laughs> future uh, firmware update it will. But uh, So, yeah, I wasn't kidding. When I, That was the kind of thing where my eyebrows suddenly went, hmm, yes. Yeah, yeah, so for those of you not in the know, the Stern pinball machine uh, that debuted about this time last year, if I remember correctly, it is yep. coming to the Stern pinball app. And that, that makes a lot of sense. Give, give all of the collectors their year to uh, play it, get all the arcades to eat some quarters with it, and then... You know, put it up there on the app for people to purchase. So now that to be said, it's it's already slated to come out for the like uh, pads and tablets. Is it not? Yes, we we knew that. We didn't know yeah. that it was coming to consoles quite yet. And exactly, and we I think we and I kind of posited that, but uh, it's nice to know that. That yeah, day has come. It, it has come. So Xbox One is going to get it first. They are promising that PS4 and uh, the Switch will be getting it next, and they didn't have a timetable on that. But Yeah, spread like, the word on that, everybody, because a lot of people immediately got upset. What, no PS4? Ghostbusters is Sony property. Like, Whoa. <laughs> That's not it's, how business works. Uh, Calm down. Yeah, Stern probably has some sort of a exclusivity license with Microsoft or something. But exclusivity, or uh, it might even just be hoops. Yeah, it's, they got it yeah. ready to go, and the Xbox One dev pipeline to to pump it out uh, across to the thing is is that much you know simpler or quicker or streamlined compared to Sony's who knows it's yeah. it's, well, it's hard and, to say well let me throw this out to you uh, as as the game developer um mm. being Xbox 1 it's probably just a, a simple port that you're just using you know the emulator that they have uh switch is probably a little different because you're wanting to use the haptic feedback and you know that's that's a different platform because it's slightly handheld slightly console so I, I imagine that that takes a little bit of like custom fine tuning, um, but but the PS4 version, knowing yeah. that PlayStation is all about their VR right now, and having seen this VR focus article saying that it's coming to the Oculus Rift, yeah, do you think that they're doing like a VR port for the PlayStation? And maybe that's why it's falling behind. You're going to be able to have a virtual reality uh, pinball machine in front of you. That's quite possible. Um, for the haptic stuff on the Switch, that's not as hard as you might. And, and I say that completely as a, <laughs> I'm not a programming developer, <laughs> nor am I an art uh, developer. All, all of your programmers are going, it's not that simple. Huh? <laughs> it's simple. Uh, but rather what I, sh- I should say is more likely than not, uh, Nintendo has built some sort of, uh, you know, um, SDK that you can, here's your game and you take the thing and you, you, you kind of plug their stuff into it. And it's just more, it's more like, um, kind of wiring up the bits that they have the, 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 the feedback all set up and ready to go. You just have to hook up the triggers to it. So you right. go into your code and say, all right, well, we want it to vibrate when this happens or this, this happens or this happens. And yeah. And, uh, I, I, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's a fast job either. Like it's, that's a, a programmer, you know, 
that's a lot of virtual wires to string around. Yeah. So at least triggers and all that. And then you got to test it. And I'm pretty sure Nintendo's got a, a pretty rigid uh, QA process to get it all thumbs up. <laughs> Since and all that. the 80s, so, they probably have. Yeah. I, so it's not, it's not, uh, unless there's something about what they put together that fights with the uh, Nintendo SDK, which I can't offhand really see what. Uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's not, it's not super complicated. It's not too, oh, okay. Uh, to that end, the, yeah, I mean, really it's a, like I said, the only initial reason I can think of is that it could quite simply be that, like you said, uh, the exclusivity was, a, is not a, uh, is not a bad su- suggestion. Um, it's a, I mean, it's guessing it's, it's hard to say sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but really what it boils down to is people have to understand that just because Ghostbusters is a Sony property does not mean they get automatically first crack at everything, right? When they give these the 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 Stern guys and by extension the people who are making the 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 digital versions for Stern, the okie doke to make these, you know, digital versions of it they get to go out unless Sony has said in that thing, if you go make a video game out of it, only we get it or something like uh, that, which yeah. they don't always do. They can then go to anybody else and say, well, we're going to put it out and all that's like, ask yourself why more games aren't, you know, locked down to platforms. Cause you, you have to think that the game you're making is going to sell so many <laughs> on a single platform that it's worth your time. Otherwise right? yeah. every single company will laugh at you and go, I am not cutting out, you know, one third, two thirds, yeah, three quarters. Yeah, especially when it's so of, split right now between yeah. all the consoles and the handhelds and the mobile. Uh, so it's quite possible what we're seeing is it's two different animals uh, getting a game onto, uh, and I, I'm talking strictly just uh, bureaucracy is a bad word, but it, that's what I mean. Like the, you know, si- <laughs> signing, you know, the signing papers and you know submitting code and review and all this sort of thing it could quite simply be that the way things are set up that the xbox one and microsoft's one it just like they they could both be in the pipeline right now and microsoft is just gonna pump out a little quicker than ps4 and yeah, it's not to get it through yeah it's not one system's better than the other or anything like that it's just hey, that's the way it goes you know yeah. you go stand in line at two different banks at the exact same time with the exact same number of people in front of you, you know, one's going to take longer. That's just how it goes. That's, so that's quite, that could be it. Now that said, to address your other point, yeah, I mean, Sony's got a VR uh, empire that they're definitely trying to build one way or another. And, you know, that's could be a pretty good one. Oh, well, it's yeah, more content. I mean, the, the Stern pinball enthusiasts, I've got a friend who, you know, every, every yep. time we have dinner or go to a bar, he's like, you got to see this table that I just got. And he'll pull out his phone and show you, you know, the Star Trek The Next Generation table or, yep. you know. I mean, we could even go so far as to posit that what if what this is taking a little bit longer because they're just trying to uh, integrate Sony and the team building the Ghostbusters VR experience and the, the pinball emulator guys into a uh, little deal so that the pinball machine is part of, and this goes to your question. Oh, why does it have this different art? Oh, that it shows up in the, uh, it shows up in the, exper- the VR experience. So you go to the fire hall and it's over there somewhere and you can actually and you can walk up the and play the machine. Oh, that's so fun. So, so what Chris is referring to is because in that, that VR focus article, they have a screen grab of what I presume is the Oculus experience, but it's not, it's not the stern pinball 
table. It's like a different table with, uh, it looks like IDW comic book art on it. And, um, that's interesting. That would, again, that would sort of speak to all of the people that said, all I want to do is just hang out in the firehouse. Like, let me go play the arcade games. Let me go sit down that, that, yeah. If you walk upstairs and that pinball machine is waiting for you, that makes so much sense. Because really what this says to us, uh, to me is it's a likeness thing. So somebody has made the pinball machine and it may not even be the stern people. It's possible somebody, because didn't somebody else point out that it looked different game wise too, possibly. So it's possible that the one that ends up in the VR is it's literally inside the VR, the, hmm. the game, the Ghostbusters experience. And rather than running through, uh, you know, likeness rights hoops, they just used IDW art because that IDW art has already run through the Sony vetting as, yeah, that's okay. Put it out. Right. Oh, that's interesting. And, and so, it would make sense because the VR, that is probably a different license than Stern's license. And yeah, oh, so that's interesting. Like that. All right. Well, uh, we'll have to stay tuned. We do know that that second chapter is coming soon. I, I mean, we saw the trailer and stuff for it, but we just don't know when it's coming. Yeah. Uh, I don't that's know. That's some good that's some yeah. good added value to a uh, second or third chapter. All right. That would be Possibly. cool. Man, now again, here's all these things that are dangling in front of me like, "Oh, no, I wish I had a PS4 and the VR thing and uh anyway. podcast bet. I, I have no real insight into that, but I think yeah, podcast bet. I think maybe that's yeah. what it is. I mean, that that would make a whole lot of sense. So, let's let's uh yeah, uh, we'll put we'll put that on the podcast bet chart. We'll put that up on the uh, Deadpool up there. Wait, we have a chart? Oh, yeah. <laughs> people out there are keeping track. I mean, this is like uh, uh, a Vegas oh, sports book here. Oh, good. Somebody uh, messaged me on Twitter. Who's winning? I've lost I've lost track. I have no <laughs> idea what's going on anymore. <sighs> anyway, let's talk about, uh, because we're at about the half hour mark and we have a really fun discussion topic here that's probably going to take about a half hour. So uh, really quickly, let's talk about uh, the CBS 19 Charlotte News article that uh, they they focused on the Ghostbusters of North Carolina, talking about their work visiting hospitals, and um, just a, a really great video and a really great article talking about the bond between this group and North Carolina that's been put together. Um, so uh, for those of you out there not familiar with the, the North Carolina group, Kevin LaRue moved to the Charlotte area. Uh, he started chatting about Ghostbusters with his neighbor, uh, and... You know, the two of them basically realized, oh my God, Ghostbusters is our favorite film. And they started recruiting people and, and put together their franchise that way. Um, and of course, like all good franchises do, they went out there and they started doing really good stuff and, and going to children's hospitals and, and, and just giving back to the community. It's, it's really cool. So um, what I thought I would do is we'll play, we'll play the audio from this video because it's got some really great interviews and it talks about the bond that's formed between these guys. Uh, and then we will come back for the discussion topic. So here's uh, CBS 19 from Charlotte. When I made my uniform and I built my pack, I thought I was the only crazy one in the world. And then I met these guys who all look just like me. We're all individuals, but when you meet, you can't tell that we all came from different walks of life. And so when you go as a family to a hospital and you visit other kids with their families, there's an enormous bond between us and them. It's so wonderful seeing the children's face. It's almost like getting that toy you always wanted on Christmas. You get that expression like, oh my gosh, this is the Ghostbusters. You're yeah. here. I truly believe that it 
for that split moment that we're in there, they feel no pain. There's somebody that needs us. There's somebody that needs a little relief. We're in there, we're on. I think the most wonderful thing that I've been aware of is it doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what your religious beliefs are, where you come from. Everybody seems to love Ghostbusters. It's a really, really wonderful universal equalizer. Positivity that, that Ghostbusters brings is just four guys who came together and saved the world. It's, it just means that if you're an average individual, you don't have a red cape and you can't fly and burn concrete with laser eyes, you can make a difference. Hey Troy, hey Chris, what's up guys? It's been a while, it's Rob from New York. It's been a couple months actually, I just wanted to stop by. Well, not really stop by, but I wanted to say hi. So, I was at work and we caught a shoplifter. I was very proud of myself, but I caught him. And the first thing that popped in my head as soon as he left and the cops took him away was Janine for some weird reason. And all I can hear was, we got one! You might hear all that crazy stuff, but thank you very much. I just had to get that off my chest. Keep up the good work, and uh, see you guys on the other side. See what I'm saying, Chris, about the uh, the crime busters? Now, not only are the ghost heads out there giving back to the community, now we're part of the neighborhood watch. I think we're on to yeah. something. I think Rob is on to something here, uh, running after and tackling. I can only assume that he ran after and tackled the shoplifter, uh, maybe had to yeah. do a little judo, uh, but... <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 boy... So, was he in gear? Did I understand that correctly? I, I don't think not? he was in gear. I mean, I think no, I got okay. the impression that he was just at work when this happened. Although it would oh. be funny because, can you see the news articles? Uh, oh, Ghostbuster yeah. busts the crooks. Yeah. And again, we're back to the crime busters again. Shoplifter busted. Uh, <laughs> something like that, yeah. <laughs> anyway. I don't know why I got it in my head. I think I might have been thinking of all the, the cons where people do the hot trap run. Or, uh, <laughs> oh, what the hell? Those two lunkheads. And that one team, oh, God, a couple of muscle heads, what are they called? Oh, oh Todd and Ryan of the Ghostbusters of British Columbia. Hi, guys, I love you. Uh, that one time they were at a con and they, they did the chin-ups with the packs. The chin-ups. <laughs> oh, man. That's some real bro science there, let me some tell you that one. serious bro science. <laughs> but they, uh, it made me think of that. I was like, man, can you imagine exerting yourself with one of those packs on? No. Like, it's bad enough to, th- to imagine that and then... Man, I can't even imagine throwing myself in general. I don't even throw myself on my own. I don't even throw myself on my own bed. Like, I approach it carefully, one step at a time, with ample support, and then roll slowly on it. There was, at one point, when I was in high school, I did, I, I dressed up, and uh, Bo Obrimsky, uh, but God, shout out to Bo, where are you at, man? I haven't talked to you in forever, but and he Where did he you get that me. great name? Yeah, exactly. Bo was one of those dudes that was on all of the boards uh, back in the day, and he made a pack for me that was 
Um, I was probably, I don't know what, five, three, five, two in high school. And this pack was probably like, what, five, one, five, two. It was one of the biggest <laughs> packs known to man, but I carried it in th- through the entire work day. And it's probably why I have such terrible posture to this day. It that's probably right. just like destroyed my spine, but wow, uh, that's all right. You, you got your uh, growth spurt and you're, you know, solid, what, five, five now? Yeah. Now I'm like five, <laughs> one. Five five flat. <laughs> Old age is setting in. You're shrinking. <laughs> you'll be Mr. four. Fr- you'll be four seven <laughs> in no time. Awesome. <laughs> exactly. All right. <laughs> uh, anyhow, but good on you, Rob. Uh, yes. Bust, busting those crooks. That's. I'm glad you. I'm glad you called us, man. That was really funny that you decided to share with us. But uh, the, I'm glad he did. That's yeah. that one's fantastic. Um. So uh, all right. So let's get into our main uh, discussion topic here for the episode because this is as we promised last week, Chris. Uh, I went and I listened to the uh, Ghostbusters is a film about nothing about video nothing. by mm-hmm. Patrick Willems. And uh, as, as you mentioned last week, he's very, um, he's very respectful. He's very reverent. He mentions that Ghostbusters is his favorite film. Uh, mm-hmm. This is not an attack on Ghostbusters. So all of the people's gut reactions from the headline are not even watching the video. Yeah. Uh, very unfounded. There was no reason for it. But um, so anyway, so this video uh, it brings up some really interesting arguments. And I, I jotted yeah. down, Chris, a whole bunch of points for you and I here to talk about. But um, maybe if, okay, if you haven't, we, we gave you homework last week. We told you to watch the video, call in, uh, and give us the runtime. That way we knew that you watched the actual 10-minute video and you didn't just <laughs> read the thing and go with a gut reaction. Um, but what we'll do is we'll play you a little bit of a primer here. We'll play you the Cliff's Notes version of the video so that if you haven't seen it, you can keep up with Chris and my discussion. So here's, this is Patrick Williams on uh, YouTube talking about Ghostbusters being a film about nothing. Back when I was in college, one day in a cinema studies class, my professor casually dropped this line that blew all our minds. He said, every movie is about something, except for Ghostbusters. It's perfect, but it's not about anything. So a murmur passed through the room as we're all like, wait, is Ghostbusters really about nothing? Now this question has haunted me for years, and today I'm finally gonna get to the bottom of it as we find out what Ghostbusters is actually about, if anything. Let's quickly define some terminology. When I say a movie is about something, I'm not talking about the plot. Obviously Ghostbusters is about guys who bust ghosts. I'm talking about theme, subtext, what is the movie saying, what's the main idea, the message. Because like my professor said, every movie has one. Even a truly terrible movie like The Room, which is about how the world is unfair and can destroy even the best of people. To figure out what a movie is about, it's best to go to the end. In the words of film crit Hulk, the ending is the conceit. In other words, a movie's conclusion is where it states what it's really about. This is where you'll find what screenwriting teacher Robert McKee calls the controlling idea, the subtextual concept that defines the whole film. And this is generally a product of a central character completing their arc by making a choice that concludes the primary conflict. But here's the thing. None of the characters in Ghostbusters has an arc. All three of the main Ghostbusters, Peter, Ray, and Egon, are exactly the same people at the beginning and end of the movie. They don't grow or change, and whatever events shaped them into people driven to pursue ghostbusting happened before the movie's story begins. Dana changes in the sense that she finds Peter annoying, then grows to like him. But that's not really an arc. And as for the primary conflict, there really isn't one. 
Gozer might be the main threat, but he only has a couple minutes of screen time. He isn't really a character, let alone an antagonist. What's Alright, so very valid points. Very interesting. And, and, and as you predicted, Chris, as I was watching and listening, I was like, yeah, but, oh, yeah, I guess he's right. Yeah. Well, well, how about, oh, no, I guess he's right there. Um, like, I, I kept thinking about it, too. That's what's most interesting about it is he's he's posited a real academic koan about, a cinematic koan about uh, Ghostbusters. <laughs> that the more you think about it, the more you're like, yeah, actually, he raises a good point. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the simplest things everybody has to get by first is that when he says it's about nothing, there's there's no no theme to it. There's no there's no like subtextual or uh, theme. Yeah, no to it. theme, no subtext. That was his argument that it's about yeah. nothing and no character arcs. So he he's allowed for a world where there's no subtext, like there's no there's no theme to it, but a character grows. So right. a good example. I was thinking about that, and I was like. Because his other thing was, is like, this is a, there's other movies that are about nothing. I mean, it's not impossible to make one. It's just that, you know, they're kind of forgettable. <laughs> and the, whereas this is Ghostbusters, this was right, the number right. one movie of its time. And as, well, hell, I mean, we're here because it left an impact in pop culture. So it's rare to have one that has this big of an impact in popular cinema and is like this. So yeah. uh, if you look at Back to the Future, it's a very plot-driven movie. Like, what's the theme exactly? Don't let your mom hit on you when you go back <laughs> exactly. to the past. But Marty has an arc. Marty changes uh, by the end of the movie. And definitely by the end of the trilogy, he gets over that whole, what do you Chicken? Add? Chicken? Yeah. Like, that sort of thing. Like, he has, there is there is a progression there that you could look at. Um, okay, I'll give you that. Yeah, I'll things give you that. Things like that. It's not, maybe that's not the best example, but it was one of the first ones that came well, to mind. Ra- like Raiders was, of the Lost Ark was the one that came to mind, too. Like, we, we all know this is the movie where if Indiana Jones would never have interfered Everything yeah. would have still happened the same way that it happened in the movies. So Indiana Jones is completely unchanged. He will be Indiana. He and he was in the whole movie. Yeah. Doesn't grow at all. And had he not been there, the movie would have carried on. But there is a, a there's a bit of a, a a theme or a subtext about um, uh, about raiding versus preserving the past a little bit. And certainly, you know, there's a a theme of uh, Nazis bad and, and all that sort of thing. Again, it doesn't have to be terribly complex. Yeah, good versus evil, yeah. There's a little bit of it there sort of thing. Uh, Robocop, um, oh, you could say there's a character arc, but it's rather clunky given that the character has a mini arc that ends in death and then it turns into a robot and the robot has a mini arc and where he turns into more human. He's got to fight his programming. So, yeah, so the, yeah. the, the computer, the, the arc of, of Robocop, not really there, but the theme of Robocop about what is human is huge. Like yeah, that's exactly yeah. what that movie is about. What makes a human versus what makes a machine. So that's so there's subtext just, there. Yeah, there's just a lot of give, subtext there. Just to give people an idea of kind of what he's talking about. That, that these are the kind of things he's looking at. And yeah, when you start looking at Ghostbusters, it's kind of like so people are like it's you know fighting ghosts or science versus religion. It's like ah, they're 
he he kind of they're not that strong it's fairly easy for him to put up a counter argument now now that's not to say that with more debate and more argument and some essays you can't lock those down hard but at least on first glance it's like he's right these are not terribly good examples of 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 themes in the movie sort of thing and then yeah you look at the characters and Nope. <laughs> none, of, none of them. None of them. But well, <laughs> the, the curious thing too is when he, so a lot of his argument is based upon looking at these characters, seeing how they started the film and then uh-huh. how you can evaluate what the film is about is what happens at the end of the film. Right. Yeah. So he says, look, Egon Spangler at the end of the film says we need to cross the streams. It's one of the most dangerous things that we could possibly do, but we have to do it in order to save the world. If that were to be a character arc, we would have had to see Egon at the beginning of the movie have to do this whole thing. Well, you know, crossing the streams is bad and we must always adhere to the laws of science. And you you needed to see a, a growth and a, proje- a, a progression of him changing into this character that would then sort of bend the rules or sort of take a chance or, but, but the more that he was talking about these things, I said, God, that just sounds so formulaic and so cliche. And every one of these examples and by his own admission, he's like, God, that's a terrible idea. I'm glad they didn't do that. Yes. So, so the question that I wanted us to sort of explore and we can come back to it too, after we maybe sort of pick at some of the other things that he mentioned was, if it's a film about nothing, is it necessarily a bad thing? If you look at all of these big spectacle films that have these formulaic plots with all of these characters that you know that the guy's going to meet the girl, they're going to hate each other, they're going to fall in love, and at the end of the movie, they're both going to find relationships and they're going to, uh, you know, commit to each other. You know, that that cliche form of storytelling, I, you know, especially with the yeah. '80s movies that we just mentioned. Yeah. Maybe the '80s was kind of breaking that mold, or or they were sort of finding that mold, or you know, it's it's really funny having taken a bunch of screenwriting classes that just aggravated me and just I was so <laughs> frustrated with them because I had a professor at one point who said, every movie is sister act. And I said, you are a crazy person. Not every movie is sister act. But she had she pointed out, she's like, well, here's the film. She is a lounge singer who starts off as a lounge singer and she's kind of all self-centered and she's in with the mob, and but she has to go meet with the... Uh, uh, whatever witness protection program they put her into the convent and the whole time she's fighting being a nun until the very end of the movie where the sister turns around and she goes you are the nun you are a nun and that is her arc she she resists becoming a nun and she becomes a nun at the end of the movie that's every every movie has to have that arc every movie has to have that progression and I kept saying, oh, that's bullshit. Why? No, that doesn't. Uh, yes, movies in the 90s like Sister Act, of course they had to have something like yeah. that. Um, Remember, the 90s were the start of the, uh, oh, what the hell is that series called? Like the Adam uh, McKay or Adam McKee? Uh, the gentleman who wrote the book about the saving the cat. What the hell was it? Oh. Oh, right. God. I'll have to look it up again. All but that's going to mind is Schrodinger's cat. Which <laughs> no, I may. Very I different. May, you know what? What we'll do is I don't want to interrupt our, our, I don't want to interrupt our flow here, man. But when we get to the final thoughts, I'll look up the, the book and oh, I'll okay. mention it. But in short, what he does, is he points out that a lot of movies now, popular movies, some of the biggest, you know, grossing movies now all run the same pattern. 
and it's not even a broad pattern. Like it has three acts, you know, and then the the second one there's conflict, and the third one is result. No, it's like right. right down to okay, opening. You have to do this to get people hooked. Right. Then by this point, you got to do this. Like he's there are these moves, and then he walks through movies all these movies and you're like oh crap he's right which some have pointed out might be indicative of this whole why is hollywood in a slump thing right like all the the stuff that are the big big draws people are you know haven't quite figured it out but they're getting bored because they're kind of seeing the same thing over and yeah, over it's again it's kind of unmemorable because it's formulaic and repetitive and yeah. the 90s was kind of the start of that point the prior to the 80s the 60s, oh God, the 60s were really bloody out there. Let's just be honest here. <laughs> the 60s and the 70s are, uh, we could spend podcast upon podcast trying to talk about just film there. Yeah. to generalize, 70s especially deconstructed film. Like they really, uh, from Easy Rider on went, uh, let's tear this thing apart and figure it out. And by the way, um, uh, Corman's World. Have you seen Corman's World, the Corman's World documentary? No, Did no. I mentioned but I, it I've here before. To. Yeah, you have, and, oh, and I've God. heard uh, the Gilbert Gottfried podcast talk about it too. Yeah, but, I, I, yeah. I, I bring it up again because it talks about how, he, strangely enough, this guy was the thing that kind of helped set up that run from Easy Rider on. Like he, he gave everybody in it some of their first breaks and their first starts, helped produce it, stuff like this, like. Um, Anyways, if you just kind of want to, uh, without getting, you know, too artsy-fartsy about it, let's say from Easy Rider on, that's when you see a lot of these genre-bending movies uh, where they're like, you know, the anti-hero. You know, they have their arcs, but they're not the feel-good right. one. There's a lot of your not Travis Bickles, your... Yeah, uh, they are... <clears throat> they have an arc, and you're like, yeah, but they were really turned on their head. Or a lot of... A lot of start with one character and you're rooting for them and boo there's the villain and by the end it twists around and you're like oh god screw the hero and hooray for the good bad guy like everything gets flipped on the 70s really like doing that in the 80s it started to kind of hit you know um yeah these these tropes again which is why i kind of like this guy's argument that yeah ghostbusters could have been horrendously cliche and trope filled it right. still does have some some tropes tropes is not a good term to use because there are a lot of tropes in there but uh cliches is a better one that to stick to and they just kind of ignored it <laughs> like there's something to be said about ghostbusters that and now i really want to think about where i've you know are there other movies like this where it's literally just celebrating the characters as they are. It doesn't have to be yeah, growth or anything like that. They don't like grow. That. They don't change. Yeah. They just got a real great story to follow through on and it is who they it is who they is. It is who they <laughs> are. They is who they is. Hey. They, hey. Jack hey. Kirby. Hey. They um, yeah. They, it's just it's just it's uh, well, I, it's, yeah, al I, it's almost cartoonish in a way, and I'm now, oh God, no wonder you put aside half an hour for this. I'm kind of wondering if this is why Ghostbusters, which is illogical to think about turning it into a children's cartoon, got turned into a really popular long-running children's cartoon is, yeah, it was just more of the characters. The characters here's, don't change. Here's yeah. Here's who they are. Go do more of that. We'd like to see more, please. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. And They, trans and they translated perfectly. Well, the interesting thing too that I thought that 
that I thought Patrick really brought up well was look at Ghostbusters 2 and his argument was it is a movie about something. It does have subtext. Here is this movie that is about cynicism and negativity yeah. and and how it manifests and how it festers if you hide it and if you bury it deep, it will eventually explode upon you. Um, and then here the Ghostbusters have to shower a little positivity in order to save the day. It's it's a very yeah. sort of like anti-cynicism, anti-negativity uh, theme. And But he goes... But it's not as good of a movie as the first one. And everybody sort of knows that. Everybody knows uh-huh. that Ghostbusters 2 is the inferior movie. Did it fall into those traps? Did they decide, okay, it's 1989, it's a few years later, we do need to make this movie about something? Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting because every time, and, and I'm sure a lot of people out there, that because it is now the common thing to be like, I'm going to be a filmmaker when I grow up. And one of the first questions that everybody should always ask you is, what do you have to say? What do you want to say with your films? Yeah. What do you want to convey? And and it's always about that subtext and always about that theme. Ghostbusters, uh, what did it convey? And and that's that's Patrick's argument. Like, yeah. it's not the snobs versus the slobs like the eighties uh, comedies were. It's not the like you mentioned the science versus religion. It's kind of not about that. It's not about belief. He brought that one yeah. up too, which I thought was interesting because we believe that there's ghosts right from the first frames of the movie because we see them. You know, somebody uh, pointed out, and this is the closest I could get because I've personally kind of held to this too. Is that, and we I think we've even talked about it before that there's something empowering about Ghostbusters in that it advocates this idea of it doesn't matter how scared you are, just you know, do your re- do your research, and you know, be prepared, and you can go fight anything under the bed. Doesn't matter what scares you; you can go take care of it. Right. It doesn't mean you're not scared anymore, but you can deal with this sort of thing. And now, admittedly, since nobody is scared and they have to get over it, <laughs> yeah. that's not really a nobody's theme. facing their fears because we don't know that they're afraid. But but. Yeah. It is kind of like a proto theme. It doesn't quite turn into it. And I think somebody pointed out that even Harold Ramis said it. Like it's about, you know, uh, you know, don't don't you know band together, you know, uh, don't let your fear work against you. And hooray, science! You can go take care of anything. And I'm like, yeah, that's very broad. But yes, that's kind of what I liked about it too. I liked, and I I've always said this is why kids respond to this movie. Which again, it's kind of not a kid's movie, but they, even little yeah. kids who are younger than PG respond to it. And it responds on the basis of, yeah, you can be can totally scared, but you know, don't let the thing under the bed, you know, stop you from, you know, doing what you got to do sort of thing. So it's, hmm. I don't know. Well, so let's, let's talk about the one thing that I did think I could provide a counter argument to oh. in his, in his, uh, his hypothesis or in his presentation here. All right, so, Mr. Benjamin. So bring, he, a, bring he out says, your thesis. I'd like to hear your thesis, please. All right, here I go. I'm going to try. You have, you have one hour, half hour. I will cut you off when you're out of time. Go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen of the thesis jury. Uh, Webster's Dictionary. Def- Webster's Dictionary defines <laughs> redemption as... Well, so here's here's his argument, and and again, reaching back to my 100-level uh, screenwriting classes where I did have another professor who said, every movie's about redemption, and again, I was like, bullshit. Bullshit. Um, but so he does call out uh, redemption as one of the potential subtexts of the film 
that he he crosses out and and he he scratches the surface of what I thought actually could be a pretty good argument, but then kind of dismisses it. And I'm curious as to why. So his argument was um, the redemption of these characters. They get kicked out of a university. They are looked. They are frowned upon by their peers. They are frowned upon by the uh, university that they worked for. They actually get kicked out of the university. They have Dean Yeager tell them that they are poor scientists who regard science as a dodge or a hustle. And then if it was a redemption story, you would see them in the end being excellent scientists who are revered by their peers, who are well-renowned, uh, and uh, you know we would see sort of the complete antithesis of what Dean Yeager calls out in that, that whole scene where they get kicked off of the campus, right? Yeah. And he says, but that, that's not what this movie's about. And I said, well, but wait a minute, actually... It kind of it kind of is, and his argument was, well, they're great scientists from the beginning, especially Ray and Egon. They don't have to, they don't struggle, they don't have to face obstacles in order to create the science that they use to to save the world at the end of the movie. But they were part of that group that was kicked out of the university. They were frowned upon by their peers. They were sort of like the scum underneath your shoes that you're trying yeah. to kick off and you can't get rid of. And then by the end of the movie, they have a crowd gathered around them chanting Ghostbusters. They're four heroes that walk into this building with the end of the world happening all around them. Um, so not only are they excellent scientists, but they're excellent characters. They're brave. They're proud. They're going in there armed to the teeth, uh, mind you. But uh, you know they, they have turned themselves around from this sort of like they are the slobs, like they are the slobs at the beginning of the story. And they do become these legitimate scientists by the end, they become superstars, they become famous. It's a celebrity story, basically. Uh, and he dismisses that. And I thought, well, wait a minute, the, the movie is kind of about celebrity. The, the movie is kind of about fame. The movie is about becoming a hero. Uh, and, and all of these things, there is a redemption story there because they kind of suck at the beginning. We see Vankman. Yes. Vankman doesn't grow as a character. He's still a jerk. He's still a womanizer by the end of the movie, but we do see him go from being a self-centered jackass to going and sacrificing himself on top of a building to save the rest of the world. So there, there's a little bit of growth there too. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there are arguments that we could provide as as counterpoints to what he's saying, and uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I could argue a little bit that maybe Ghostbusters is a movie about something <laughs> with a question mark at the end. I think you could too. Um, and to answer your early thing, you felt like he kind of glossed over it and then walked away sort of thing. I think that comes down to a, an indicator that what we're seeing here is you guys are standing really close together on a bit of a split hair here. Oh, sure. And because Absolutely. he, because he liked his idea and this actually is kind of a fair point in a lot of places there, he just kind of went, it would be a little boring and complicating to kind of dial in on this one nail that sticks up quite a bit in the argument. So it just kind of got finessed. It kind of got, yeah, finessed and set aside. Yeah. yeah. So why why turn a 10 minute, you know, compact <laughs> thesis into 20 minutes where 10 of it is on, you know, kind of massaging this this one bit that kind of did 
you so he's kind of right. It, it, what it feels like is it's it's not what we normally see. You can argue that it is there, but the signal's very low. And he just kind of takes the counter argument. The signal's very low. The signal's very low, therefore. It's, so it's, it's yeah. not there, right? Whereas, yeah, it's it's it kind of is and it kind of isn't, as I think. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna split the middle and say Ghostbusters is a movie about hmm. Um, <laughs> shrug, <laughs> shrug. It it uh, like you're you're right. Like because again, when you think about it, you're like, yeah, actually, I do kind of see that. Um, it's, I mean, it's a celebrity, I mean, and, and what I focused in on, and again, you're right, it's splitting hairs, but the line when Dana is on the phone with her mom and she's like, I got to go, I've got a date. Well, he's a ghostbuster. Yes. Those Those guys guys on on TV. TV. Yeah. So, so even somebody's mom who, you know, the common trope, the common joke is that, you know, mom is uninformed. She doesn't know what's happening in pop culture. Even mom knows who the ghostbusters are at this point. Yeah. And you raise a good point because roughly around there is the montage and, um, Larry uh, King, Larry King. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Joe. Oh, I've forgotten his name. Uncle Joe. What the hell there? Uh, the New York, uh, uh, spectral locomotive. Yeah, why can't I think of Joe's name? No, not it? him. He's in the studio talking to Ray. Oh, uh, oh, the Elvis one. Uh, and he, yeah. Yes. And, so that's where they're at. So Ray gets to go on local, local New York television, and that's what he asks him: How is Elvis? And have you seen him lately? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of respect going on there, isn't there? And that's <laughs> that's at the point where stuff is starting to happen. People are starting to talk, and they have their gear. And that's still kind of the response they're getting. So there are little bits and pieces in the middle of it that support this idea that not only is there a beginning point and an end point, you can kind of see the transition along the way. Um, so, but it, oh, sorry, go but, ahead. But, but to kind of go back to my point, compared to other movies, which are so in your face about it when you look at it, right? Like well, the new Ghostbusters 2016, as we've talked about it here, where why, why is everybody shitting on them? I don't understand why they're, yeah. why is it being hit over the head so much? Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's, the, there are so many other, especially the eighties, like some of our most beloved movies of the eighties <coughs> are some real, um, uh, recycling of old, you know, high adventure kind of stuff, right? Like Goonies and Indiana Jones and all this stuff kind of comes from a place where, you know, uh, Spielberg and them were like, do you remember when we used to watch black and white serials? And really the subtext was, the subtext was basically text. Like it was, they were saying, they were saying the theme right out there sort of thing. (laughs) And the characters obviously like, it was so hammy that they, it, it went from no girls can't fight in space. Oh, look, girls can fight in space. Like it's just, um, these guys were kind of tapping into that. So a lot of 80s stuff is super awesome, super well done, uh, but just, yeah, kind of going back to these, you can't miss it. It's right there. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's possible then that kind of what we're seeing here is that, yeah, it's just, I might not be making the point I started. No, I, you're, you're right. So I like started the, walking and then I, I feel like I've ended up in the I wrong gotcha. neighborhood. I got you. Like the Lone, the Lone Ranger, the, like all of these serials where the hero was just always the hero. He never grew. Yeah. He never learned anything. In fact, he was the one who was always like, 
well, Timmy, let me tell you why you should never play with matches. Like the, he was the person who <laughs> was so solid and was telling everybody about everything that there was no subtext because you're right. They were verbalizing everything out loud. And so maybe Ghostbusters was also in response to the same sort of serialization of like, uh, like the Bob Hope comedies that they were based on. Bob Hope never learned anything in those. They were just trying to survive a haunted house and make you laugh at the yeah. same time. There was never growth. There was never a hero's journey. Like there was all of these, like if, if you're looking at the art of the screenplay or all of the McKee stuff, like it just doesn't apply. Just, you can't apply. I kind of, in at the wake of all, God, if somebody went back and transcribed this, I will have restarted my thesis so many times here. Which is good. You're bookending it. <laughs> I'm kind of wondering if Ghostbusters is, um, it is the 80s blockbuster equivalent of art cinema, like French art cinema and European art cinema. Because remember, those movies, they do have like I I've already put the 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 interrogative it they do have a theme <laughs> like you watch these movies and it's there's a like it it has to become a film studies debate like people are still discussing what you know I don't know I I can't I'm gonna say Bergman like, and I don't even know yeah, if that's Truffaut a good example or Godard Truffaut, where people or, are yeah, kind of like yeah. it's it's about this no it's about this like it's and again, they're great movies, and obviously they, they put thought into them, and they're beautiful, but it feels like if people can get to the end of you know a, a, a thinky, quiet, black-and-white film from the 60s and go, hmm, what's it, uh, you know, what's it all about? I kind of wonder if maybe Ghostbusters isn't the loud 80s blockbuster comedy version where you get to the end, you're like, that was cool. What, what was, was that about, about exactly? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's a good point. You're right. There yeah. are little pieces, but... As we've seen, you can raise some good points. He can raise some good points. And boy, unless we really work at it, I don't know that we can nail either one down definitively. Yeah, well, it's and it's yeah, it's not so clear. It's not so uh, loud that it's it's hitting you over the head with it. And and yeah, yeah like, it's, it's kind of tough to pin trust down. Trust me, trust me. Poltergeist is not confusing anybody about what it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> but at the same time, and I'm kind of wondering if that's why it's now that we're at this. Like we because. You come out of I don't know Truffaut or something like that, or you go watch a, a Kurosawa film, and you're immediately you're like, I paid money to see it. I kind of gotta, I gotta. Let me, all the people that just let, finished watching Twin Peaks, and they're like, I don't know what I that don't, was. I don't. I just. I'm, it's gonna take some time. I, got, I really gotta think this through. <laughs> you leave Ghostbusters. You don't do that because you had a whale of a time. Yeah. And now it is thirty years later, and people are kind of like, okay, whoa, 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 hang on a sec here. It's been 30 years. We agree. So fun. What What exactly? Was, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, and um, I wonder, I, I mean, is that part of the lightning in the bottle that the movie was at the time? I mean, and did, did Patrick. point. Did he, has he sort of put his thumb on a reason why Ghostbusters has been such a very difficult thing to replicate? Because. You know, you look at at the criticisms against Ghostbusters 2016, which I just mentioned. You know, the the themes and the subtext is is ham fisted. We know that uh, these are scientists who are looked poorly upon, and yeah. everybody is is like it's it's them fighting adversity. They're the underdog. It's the underdog story, right? Uh, yeah. But, but 
is that where all of these Ghostbusters clones have failed? You know, where evolution was supposedly going to be Ivan Reitman's return to form and he was going to do this Ghostbusters yep. film and but it, it was about so many other different things at the time. It was about our meddling in science and our meddling with nature and the government oppressing the scientists. And so it, it had a lot of subtext to it. Was Is Ghostbusters uh, um, blissfully unaware of, of subtext? Is, is there yeah. a certain charm to the movie where you're not being you know, uh, like nothing is being spoon fed to you that who cares, who cares what the subtext is. Let's just enjoy these characters. Let's watch them do something. Okay. I really want to go watch men in black now because it's always been regarded as the nineties answer to ghostbusters. And now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, Will Smith's it, character does experience growth. A little bit. But a what's little his, bit. What's this experience that's that much different from Venkman? There's no such thing as aliens. Oh, there's hey, aliens. there is such a thing as aliens. As opposed to Venkman, there's no... I guess there's ghosts. Holy cow, there's ghosts. Like, it's... And like, what, is, what is the subtext <laughs> and the theme to Men in Black? I mean, it's obviously that aliens are all around us. That's not subtext. That's not a theme. Yeah, and one of the few... and. <laughs> One of the few character bits they've put in there is a classic trope of I'm old. It's time to retire. Make me forget. That's it. Like yeah. it's time for me to retire. It's like, well, yeah, we haven't seen that before. Like I said, this is kind of why I want to watch Go Men in Black now. I kind of feel that the reason hmm. it's so successful is it may have come close to this lightning formula yeah. of Ghostbusters. And it you're right, may... there are little things there, but nothing that you can overtly say, oh, that movie is about X, Y, or Z. Like yeah. so people are like, it's about xenophobia. Not really. It's no. it's about it's, seeing the world from a different perspective. Perspective, but but what? Do, but how strong is that argument? Given that it's not like uh, Jay spends part of his time struggling with human, you know, bigotry towards alien. No, he just accepts it and off he goes. Right? Like yeah, this. and and the whole Orion's <laughs> Belt thing. It's like, well, we know that there are universes that are the size of the cat's uh, pendant on on the the collar. So yeah, yeah. I, I mean, maybe that is. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe to the future screenwriters of any Ghostbusters film that are listening to this, you're probably not, but. Uh, <laughs> I think you should really dig deep into this and maybe you're spending too much time trying to figure out subtext and theme where you should actually just be like throwing that out the window. <laughs> yeah. And maybe you can uh, latch on to whatever this, this happened to be, whatever this lightning in a bottle happened to be. The, we always have asked and we ask people when we interview them, what is it that you think has made this thing as long lived as it is? And there's a lot of different answers. And I think, again, that's indicative of what we're talking about here is that I think it's kind of, to go back to the art analogy, it's like, oh, this painting makes me feel sad. Really? Because it kind of makes me feel happy. Like, it's yeah. just, it's not. <laughs> and then if you ask the artist, they'll tell you that it's like, nah, it's, you know, about bureaucracy yeah. and keeping the man, keeping you down. It's like, okay, wait a minute. So, you know, there's this, I think that what we've touched on is that it's, it's got a lot of stuff that we all agree that we like, and it's got kind of this low hum that doesn't explain yeah. anything that we all kind of interpret differently. And I'm like I said, I'm really curious now about kind of checking out other things, like other, other movies. movies that yeah. Ghostbusters fans 
regarded in much the same way as Ghostbusters. The closer it is to being Ghostbusters, I wonder how much closer it is to this. Um, big Trouble in Little China. What is it about? What does what does Jack learn Fair from start bloody to finish? Point. Yeah, like all uh, of those characters, nobody grows. Nobody grows. At it's all. about magic and mysticism and two girls with green eyes. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think the funny thing is we could now sit here and kind of come up with all of these examples and be like, oh my god, I love that movie. Yeah, what is that movie about? What is I have that? No movie, idea. Right? Like, that's a very good point. I hadn't like now that you mentioned it. I'm like, wow. Okay. Yeah. So so, so there actually, it is, guys. I don't. Yeah. Maybe and and for everybody that was quick to hop on the defensive and be, become a keyboard warrior, don't, and be like, Ghostbusters don't. is about all this stuff. Actually, I think what we've just proven here is that maybe it's a good thing that Ghostbusters is not about something. That Ghostbusters yeah. is not taking up arms against a, a certain thing or another. He didn't. He didn't get into it too much, but he didn't deny it either. He just kind of left it like it was not a bad thing. Yeah. He did not regard it as a negative at all. Yeah, and he, and like I said, all of his examples of character growth. You know, he talks about Vankman if he would have experienced character growth, and even says that he does it in Ghostbusters too. But when he brings up examples, he's like, "Well, that would have been terrible. I wouldn't have liked that movie." You <laughs> yeah. know, so. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's actually maybe a good thing. And maybe this is part of the secret sauce that has made Ghostbusters the whole reason that we're sitting here almost 30 years later, uh, talking about, you know, um, this is really kind of fascinating to me now. Cause I'm man, uh, Sherlock Holmes, the characters kind of change. Watson gets married and stuff like that. But they Sherlock really don't. never changes. Sherlock yeah. never changes. And Watson doesn't change a hell of a lot. Like even getting married as a character, he doesn't change a hell of a lot. And what, what are uh, the Sherlock books about? Yeah, well, well um, solving, solving little mysteries solving and all that. But mystery? there's not really, yeah. there's not, yeah, everyone was a different story, a different adventure, but it didn't really have a huge. There's no morality tale in there. Yeah. Um, Rex Stout, I'm a big fan of Rex Stout's Nero Wolf books. Same thing. Those guys, he wrote those from the 30s. I think the last one was 73. And they should not have lived as, as long as they did, Like, but he left them in the times they were in. The characters never changed at all. Archie stayed Archie and Wolf stayed Wolf. And so now that I think about it, I'm kind of like, is this the secret of kind of, you know what I mean? Like yeah. a, a pop culture immortality, the closer My God, you does get- this become the new formula? Oh, no. <laughs> Quick, we got to write the book fast. <laughs> Copyright TM. Double tap, no backsies. It's yep, ours. Exactly. Intent. Intent is copyright. <laughs> and then we have to go fight uh, the uh, Jordan over this. Yeah, this is, yeah, well, this is true. It's, it's actually his it idea. Off. Shoot. <laughs> we All right, expand it. It's Jordan. Oh, God. We got to yeah. split it with him. Man. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, go go check out the rest of the video, and we'd like to hear from you guys. Uh, again, this is we didn't have a whole lot of time because we recorded uh, over the weekend. We came up with this idea, yeah. and then you're you're hearing this, you know, probably a day after, or or we're recording this about a day after you've heard the call for for your uh, input. So so call the voicemail. We still want to hear from you guys. What yeah. what themes? What subtexts? What character growths can you argue are in Ghostbusters? What hairs can we continue to split? Because Obviously, Chris and I just talked for 48 minutes, and uh, there's still more to be talked about. So yeah. let's keep that conversation going. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. stoppers. I'm sorry. We'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. 
We also have a Facebook page and Twitter accounts. Spence is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. long again Chris this is what happens when we record at night but that's that's okay Saturday morning ones are lean they're <laughs> well-oiled machines and uh, night conversations we just we don't get care. carried away that don't we, care that's fine it's free I don't care it's, it's free. yeah exactly you get what you pay for <laughs> which is nothing it's free it's and free. worth it uh, but you did mention uh, in your final thoughts that you were going to oh. do a little mouse clicking mouse clicking and finding that cat thing so while you do that uh, I am going to tell everybody out there that we did hear back from a lot of the Florida ghost heads out there, uh, including the Ghostbusters Resurrection guys, uh, knowing that uh, between uh, Irma and all of the tropical storms that have hit in, it, it's it's just a mess down there. But it does sound like everybody is is okay, and uh, you know, pro- property damage uh, is is probably the the biggest thing that people are dealing with so uh glad glad to hear that most everybody out there is safe but yes please still donate i know that if you saw the hand was it hand in hand hand forehand what was it? hand in hand i think is what it was called the, the the big fundraiser that they did on tuesday um they do need funds they do need some money to help rebuild out there so uh, i encourage you to donate frequently if you can if you have the means uh please please do that but uh so anyway so chris yeah. Did I sufficiently stall? <laughs> you did. did. You well have done. A chance? Yes. I'll clap. I love it. Um, I was right. It was called Save the Cat. Save the Cat. Uh, by a by Mr. Blake Snyder. Uh, the book's called Save the Cat, the last book on screenwriting you'll ever need. And I believe there's a follow-up called Save the Cat Again or something similar. <laughs> I am not going to bother looking that up. Take Blake Snyder, plug it into Always uh, Save the Cat. Amazon. Yeah. Always Save the Cat or whatever. But yeah, it's uh, I think Save the Cat Again is so recent that he ran um, Frozen through it as an example in places. So, I mean, this is not like something somebody wrote, you know, 15, 20 years ago. The first one may have been close to that, but he, he did uh, follow up on it. And the formula holds. So, yeah. depending on how cynical you are, uh, you can either buy the book and then use it to write... <laughs> Uh, a screenplay that will uh, be attractive to Hollywood executives or you can use it as a guide of what not to do if you can if you can get around them and still end up with something coherent you may have made the next uh, you know the next cinematic great just just for you know for dint of not being the For same not old, same old. To the formula, yeah. It's uh, I've I've I read through the first one. It was a while. I should go back to it because, like I said, I really did like the idea that he was able to. I don't know. Maybe it's bubblegum pop uh, screenwriting stuff that he just sort of noticed as a pattern that he could plug this argument into. But it is. I kind of do see it, and I I do kind of revisit thoughts I had about it uh, from what I read in it in when I you know thought about. Uh, story ideas or things that go yeah. in our games and stuff like that. It's like, that's is that typical? 
Uh, what is it trying to do? Can I do it different and still get it? Meh. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, uh, look look at it like a good song. Like there are yeah. pop songs out there, you can write it to the formula, and it may be successful and great. But yeah, there like are the, also songs that are totally different or there very are those, surrealist. Those two producers from from Holland or whatever that kind of set the template for pop music for the last twenty years or whatever. And again, there's articles about it where people sit down and go, "Okay, let's listen to you know, here's Roxette, you know, here's ABBA," and you're like, "Oh my God, you're right." It's all the yeah. Ugh. But so. there, every once in a while, the song comes along and and it sticks with you and it gets in your head. That earworm yeah. won't go away, and maybe it's a Ghostbusters. Look at but, look uh, at Ghostbusters, look a at formulaic Ghostbusters. pop song <laughs> stuck in your head. But uh, I gotta finish. Uh, I gotta finish. Um, oh, here's a pause that you're gonna have to say. Oh, I think it's Dance Macabre. That's right, Stephen King's book, Dance Macabre, which is a book. Is it just his lectures, or did he expand on it? I can't remember. He taught uh, narrative and story uh, writing at one point, and this book kind of grew out of that. And it's one part, you know, here's the movies I loved and telling stories about seeing these movies as a kid and really dissecting it and all that. And it's got some real, real good stuff. And as we said, hey, book ending. Going back to It... Uh, obviously, he knows what the hell he's doing. So, <laughs> Re- reading his book on writing stories uh, probably not a waste of time. So, yeah, I'm a- might might want to jump into that. Yeah. yeah, good for Halloween. It's part of my. I've been meaning to read it, and now it's ho- you know it's getting into Halloween season. I'm like perfect. Yeah, perfect. Read read that after you go see it at the drive-in, and all will be oh, well with the world. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, uh, until next week, uh, same time, same place, same channel, same, I don't know, what is, what is the equivalent of a podcast? Same subscription feed. We'll same be back IP, here. Same IP address. Same IP RSS feed. <laughs> same, R, same RSS feed. <laughs> we'll see you all on the other side. Who you gonna call? We Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip. Visit us at protoncharging.com, ghostbustershq.net, and stillplayingwithtoys.net. This used to be one of my two favorite shows. You're kidding me. Oh, great. What was the other one? Bassmasters. It's a fishing show. Everything you're doing is bad. You truly scare me. I want you to love it. Next week, though, Careless Pets. Weird.